G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Continuing discussion today about this issue of euthanasia. With a Queensland state election just around the corner, there is a major development last weekend as the Queensland Labor Party launched their campaign for the state election on the 31st of October. The Premier, Anastasia Anastasia Palaszczuk, having legalised abortion up to birth back in 2018, has now confirmed it'll rush through euthanasia legislation even before the Queensland Law Reform Commission is due to report on the 1st of March next year. Already in the state of Queensland, abortion laws are among the worst in the whole world. In Queensland, since 2018, the state allows abortion at all stages of pregnancy, for physical, psychological and even social circumstances. There's no consideration for the viability of the baby or the pain management. There's no protections for women experiencing coercion and there's no counselling provision. In contrast, the LNP has at least committed to reviewing Labor's termination of pregnancy laws and on euthanasia, they're a little fence-sitting They're making palliative care a priority in the absence of a euthanasia bill. Voters in Queensland have a stark contrast between two parties as they come up to the election. Our special guest uh, through the remainder of this, our conversation, Tishan Johnson is the Executive Director of Cherish Life in Queensland. Tishan, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. It's an honour to be here. And Tishan, some listeners will be saying, oh, Tishan must be running late today. You've got a very good reason why you were running late. Uh, Cherish life. You don't take a backward step on these issues (laughs) of pro-life issues. That's correct. Uh, You've had some drama this morning. (laughs) Give us a little insight in what you can tell us about what's been going on. So a sitting Labor MP has reportedly attacked some of our pro-life volunteers saying that abortion laws aren't up until birth and he has been quite bad this morning. And we've also had some of our pro-life trucks that are driving around, if anyone's seen them, saying Labor has legalised abortion up to birth, put Labor last. Um, they've Some of the truck drivers have, drivers have had rocks thrown at them. So I'm trying to just – and there's there's a few other little things going on. So all of those dramas, I'm just trying to get vision. So I'm trying to get um, – or. Uh, what do you call it, video of the MP attacking the volunteers and we're also trying to stop people throwing rocks at our trucks. So it's very concerning. (laughs) All right, well, we may see this in some news headlines tonight. I think it's that bigger story. It is, yeah. Uh, And uh, listeners uh, no doubt will be, uh, you know, a little uh, tolerant of the fact that you were a few minutes late (laughs) because dealing with these sorts of dramatic things. Interestingly, when you say a Labor MP, and let's not name that Labor MP for now, But a Labor MP attacking your Cherish Life volunteers uh, over this issue of whether the abortion laws in Queensland actually extend right up to birth. Is it possible that there are people who are even elected Labor members don't know what their own legislation means? Quite possibly. Yeah, they could have just did... um 
voted as their party told them to, or they could realise it's going to cost them votes, so they're trying to deny the truth. One of the two. Well, you know, I've spoken to people and I've said uh, in Queensland, uh, abortion is right up to birth and uh, Labor supporters, and they just couldn't believe that that would be the case. Yes. And and uh, and will argue that it's not. Yeah. And, and here you have a Labor MP, someone who is elected, should be across the party platform detail. Yes. And uh, they're arguing something that is clearly not true. 100%. And, you know, I say to people, we're running television ads, we're running radio ads, we've got newspaper ads and all of them say Labor has legalised abortion up to birth in one way or another but we talk about the up to birth aspect and we had to prove everything to teams of lawyers at the radio networks at the television um, free to air TV, all of that news court for the newspaper ads and all of them approved our messaging because it is true. So they are factual statements but we have Labor saying we're lying and exaggerating and they're the ones who are lying and they're the ones who legalised abortion up to birth for any reason. We have to remove these people. We're on a fierce mission now with every attack. It just makes us more and more resolved. It is a little bit disconcerting for people, I think, when they're directly in the firing line. I know I was the other week and it's just like, well, God help us, let's keep going. It's for a good cause. It's for lives. And when you say you've got some, is it signage on the sides of trucks or vans and it's got a pro-life message on it, it alerts Queenslanders that this is the law that you are under in your state. Yes. And now you've got the instance of people, let's assume these are not Labor MPs throwing the rocks, (laughs) but there are people who are throwing rocks at your signage, at your trucks, and even putting, no doubt, drivers at risk of injury. Let's talk about that for a few moments because uh, how serious is that? Is it a little small stone or is this a a rock that could be damaging? I think so far it's been a little small stones and thankfully uh, the truck drivers are quite tough and stoic but I don't like the thought of that and thankfully it hasn't done any damage but I don't want to... you know, if it was at the window and the window was open, it could hit them. So it is actually an offence as well to be throwing rocks. Obviously, it is very dangerous and it's a great sign of disrespect. Um, so it's very, it's distressing. What it does demonstrate is that this is an emotive issue. And uh, we're talking to pro-life people who will recognise it's been an emotive issue all along. But perhaps this, for some listeners today, is demonstrating that this is much more an emotive issue than some are prepared to, uh, to, uh, to, to say that it is. And I suspect that it actually has to become even more an emotive issue for people to get a little bit angry about the fact that these laws are so pro-death and not pro-life. What do you say to people about, you know, getting a little bit assertive and angry and uh, and doing something that, uh, that, you know, might be according to conviction rather than just an airy-fairy opinion? Oh, 100%, Nia. We do need to have, I think, a level of righteous anger. It is not right. It is unjust. It is against God's ways that we can kill unborn human beings up until term, even for any reason, even healthy babies of healthy mothers, or let alone kill them at all. But these are healthy babies of healthy mothers that can be aborted right up to 37 weeks or whenever they're due. And then if a baby is born alive during a failed abortion, they're also left to die in Queensland. So we should be angry about these laws. It is killing it is, it is barbaric and we need to do something and this is our democratic opportunity to get rid of these MPs, to get rid of this government who legalised abortion up to birth and then they celebrated, mind you, Neil. They celebrated, they cheered and clapped and hugged each other in Parliament and now they're denying it. Some of them are denying it and attacking our people who are telling the truth and handing out a health um, 
truthful flyers. So we, we do need to be, I think, raising a standard this election um, and from now up until the election because a lot of people are voting early and we really need to put Labor last this election and Greens, either Labor last and Greens second last or vice versa because they're hand in glove. They work together. Greens are even worse on life issues if that's possible. Um, so I, I love a level of assertion. I love people who are brave, who say I'm going to letterbox, I'm going to change my vote, I, vote, I always voted Labor. Whatever the case, we need to be getting Labor out to save lives. It's literally that serious, this election. Uh, No ambiguity here. There's no grey area where you could say, oh, I didn't really know they were that bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and uh, earlier on in the conversation, talking about the idea that Christian leaders don't take sides when elections come because within the church there are usually people on both sides of the argument. But I caught, as I mentioned a little earlier, a interview with the Roman Catholic Archbishop Mark Coleridge, who said it makes it very hard to remain non-partisan when you've got a government which is pushing now this idea of euthanasia. And, of course, uh, he would already be aware, no doubt, of the harshness of these abortion laws. But there is this idea that somehow or other, while you want to say as a Christian or as an organisation that uh, that you want to be non-partisan, very hard to when you've got such a stark difference between two sides here. 100%. I know a lot of leaders do like to stay neutral on these issues, but the problem is they all are called to be shepherds. They say, I'm a shepherd. I have to shepherd people who are both left-wing and right-wing and you know, people like prodigal sons who want to come back. But the thing is, I, I would say to them, you're not shepherding in the right way if you don't instruct or help your people vote according to God's ways at elections because we're held accountable for how we vote. So I think it's actually part of good shepherding to say, this party has these policies. This is the trajectory they're taking Queensland. And this party has these policies. And this party's policies are contrary to the Bible very clearly. Um, I would ask that you do not vote for that party this election. I think that's actually good shepherding. And I was very bad, uh, glad that both the Catholic Archbishop and the Anglican Archbishop spoke up. And um, yes, Bishop, the Archbishop Mark Coleridge, a Catholic Archbishop, is also aware of the abortion laws. I interviewed them, uh, him about them some time ago. And he said, um, I said, look, you know, the LNP, Qatar's Australian Party and even One Nation have committed to a review or rolling back these laws to some degree. And I said, what are your thoughts? He said, I would support legislative change. In other words, we have to get these laws changed. They're so extreme. And obviously, he's profoundly anti-abortion. So that was an encouraging interview. Plus, him speaking up against euthanasia on the weekend, I was very, very happy with that, as did the Anglican Archbishop. Okay, and uh, very clear to say that church leaders are all on side of a review and a rollback of these very harsh pro-death laws. I do want to open our talkback lines. Let's open those lines on 1-800-316-316. You might like to have your say, your opportunity to contribute to our conversation. You might have a question. You might have a doubt that you want to express. You might have a criticism. That's okay too. 1-800-316-316 to be a part of our conversation. And you can respond to our Facebook 2020 question today, which asks this question, how do you think Christians should respond when governments encourage a choice of death over life? Now, Think through the issue carefully. It's not a trick question. In fact, it's I've made that as clearly as I can make it because it reflects some level of what I think is the reality. How do you think Christians should respond when governments encourage a choice of death over life? 
so respond to that at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Tishan, uh, Queensland is not the first state to pursue uh, these sorts of laws. I mean, they've followed other states even uh, into the harsh abortion laws, yeah. uh, but they're not the first state to to introduce these sorts of ideas about euthanasia. Victoria led the way. Yeah. Western Australia was hot on their heels. Yes. And now a Labor government in Queensland is pushing this very hard. Uh, there are people listening to our conversation today living in a circumstance where that legislation's already there. What are your thoughts for what's happened in Australia in the lead up to what's coming in Queensland? Mm. Uh, look, I think we're going down in some ways a very dark path. It is not okay to have state-sanctioned killing and both abortion and euthanasia is state-sanctioned killing. Uh, both abortion and euthanasia target the vulnerable and the defenceless. Um, and people may say euthanasia is humane. Well, it's really not and it is a form of killing. It is assisted suicide. Uh, there are a lot of dangerous things that come with it. For example, um, in jurisdictions where euthanasia is legalised, we also see a jump in non-assisted suicide rates nearly always. Switzerland's a point in case since legalising euthanasia, um, there has been a 10% increase in non-assisted suicide rates. The thought is it generally glamorises suicide as a way of ending life. We see uh, children being euthanised now in the Netherlands for things like depression or autism. They're even looking at um, making it lawful for assisted suicides for under 12-year-olds in the Netherlands. It's a very slippery slope. As well as that, all the peak medical bodies, almost all of them around the world, including here in Australia, are opposed to euthanasia, holding the view it should never be the primary intention of a doctor to take a patient's life. So the AMA is opposed to it. We might come back to some of those wonderful points you're making there, very powerful points that you're making. But let's take some calls. Uh, Listeners, no doubt, will want to have their say. Let's hear from Peter, who is in Logan in Queensland. Hi, Peter. Welcome. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, First of all, what a sad subject we're having to speak about in 2020. There's so many intelligent people around making decisions. And I've... A person 58 years old of age, and I've lived with suicidal tendencies all of my life. And this is a really hard subject to talk about, but at the same time, this needs to be talked about now. Um, it's been really difficult preventing myself at times from attempting to take my life through my life. And when I hear this sort of um, absolute sheer disgrace nonsense that Labor's going to produce a bill to allow assisted euthanasia. Peter, you're raising an amazingly important point here because you're telling your own story. This is right from your heart. You have faced times in your own life, very dark days, where you yourself have been suicidal. Uh, This is an interesting one. Let's get a thought here from Tishan because there are an awful lot of people, particularly even in this year of COVID, uh, where there is rising anxiety, suicidal tendencies. The government's throwing millions and millions of dollars uh, to try and alleviate that. And here's a government that's trying to encourage it. What are your thoughts here, Tishan? 100%. It's people like this dear caller that we also want to protect from a culture of death, a culture that says, oh, you know, suicide's almost a glamorised way out. We want people to live and live a really abundant, full lives, as Jesus says in the Bible. And having euthanasia, also called assisted suicide, legalised is completely counterproductive to curbing suicide problems. Uh, Queensland already has a the highest suicide rate of any state in Australia and we're very that's one aspect we're very worried about this legislation and even the the signals it sends 
is not acceptable. It's not protecting people. Government's first duty is to protect, and this uh, proposed legislation is completely contrary to that. It actually leaves people vulnerable. It actually uh, gives people ideas. Peter, thank you so much for your call, a very heartfelt call. And uh, for people to call in and say, look, I've faced times when I've felt like committing suicide, uh, you would be, and I would uh, assess you as saying, you'd be in that vulnerable category because when you've got governments who are encouraging uh, your thoughts around suicide, that is really atrocious. But thank you so much for your call today. Let's continue to take some calls. Ed is in Victoria. Hi, Ed, welcome. Oh, good day there, Neil. How are you going? Great good, good. Good, Hello. good to speak to you. Okay, so I'm the chair of cause, Neil, and I've spoken a few times about the gender ideologies. I, I hope you can hear me. I'm driving, by the way. Yep. Um, yep, cool. Okay, and so we have uh, engaged with the churches to try and fight against these ideologies down here in Victoria, uh, and we found uh, quite a bit of resistance. That resistance, and I'm talking amongst pastors here, that resistance is starting to melt as they're starting to see what the state is doing. And I really think it's a, it's a real shame uh, if Christians don't quite get through their head that um, by voting for, say, Labor in Queensland, uh, you're enabling that Labor Party to go ahead and, and abort babies, to you know, put the safe schools programs in schools, to uh, have euthanasia. Uh, and even if you were in this one election, just this election to say, no, I'm not going to vote for them, to send them a strong message that is in no way uh, uh, deserting the Labor Party. That is giving them a strong message. Uh, just on, on another tack, Neil, my eldest daughter suicided at 35. We had Thank a goodness. huge fight to try and keep her alive. And the pain that that caused for all the fam- members of the family is horrendous to actually have a government that will assist people to do that and i can tell you now in victoria they would have assisted her um not because there was anything necessarily physically wrong with her but she was in such a deep depression that they would say look you know this lady she's suffering so badly from depression we should help her out we should give her relief and that will happen in other states that would have happened here with her she suicide before those laws came in that it's, it's appalling. Uh, if she had, uh, and I, I can't go into the details, but if she'd had the proper help she needed, she would have been fine. Okay, the proper help she needed, important point there, Ed uh, Ed Sparius in Victoria, yeah. and Ed, mm-hmm. who I've spoken to about other, these other issues before. A quick thought or two in the lead-up to news here. Oh, God bless you, Ed. I know we've also spoken over email Um Thank you for your insightful thoughts and sharing that deeply personal story. I couldn't agree more. We need to have governments that support people when they're most vulnerable or lonely or, or whatever the case may be or, or not quite themselves in their mind. And we, we can't have governments that are happy to kill people. It's just completely inhumane and uh, it just breaks my heart. I'm so sorry for your loss. Ed, thank you so much for your call today on 2020. We're going to continue to take calls after Vision National News. But Tishan, this morning, drama around a Labor MP, and this is something that, uh, you know, this just brings to light, doesn't it? Mm. The ignorance in the community about what Labor's position really is. Exactly, and the the way Labor want to hide the truth. So, allegedly, this MP attacked some of our volunteers at a polling booth because they were because of our signage and our flyers, which says Labor has legalised abortion up to birth for any reason. So, he was 
vehemently against that, saying it's not for any reason, basically denying the massive law change which legalised abortion up to birth for any reason, even late-term healthy babies of healthy mothers. So I'm hoping there's some video footage of it. I'm just waiting on confirmation before I can release his name. Um, It is a serious thing. And we've also had uh, rocks thrown at some of our pro-life trucks driving around. So we've got a number of pro-life trucks around Queensland uh, with massive signs saying Labor has legalised abortion up to birth, put Labor last, and a big picture of a baby. We've also got um, billboards and advertising, etc. But the rocks particularly are making people furious because they're driving past, uh, they're in target electorates. So, yeah. You know, let me just make this assessment of Cherish Life. And I've known about your organisation for a long time now. And you're always very peaceable. Yes. And so there's a gentleness about Cherish Life, but you're not there to be nice. You're there to be good. And under your leadership, uh, I've seen there's been a real uh, militancy that has arisen. And uh, so just honour to you for that. Uh, A level of militancy that needs to rise uh, where people are saying, well, we're not just going to be nice people. We're going to be good and we're going to say it as it is. And, And you've been emboldened. To say it as it is, and uh, and the reaction from people is that they've said, we're going to follow what you're saying. Tish and Johnson, you're a champion. So, But people who are are following Cherish Life now, uh, when you state it like it is, it's like the light goes on. Yeah, I think the light has come on for a lot of people because some people have said, oh, they legalise it up to birth. Can I see the proof? And we show them the proof. And it's actually switching some votes. We know that from this, being on the streets and out there um, in the communities. We just hope it switches enough votes. Some people still don't believe us, even after the the we show them proof. Um, but the as I was saying earlier, we really have proven our messaging to the legal teams at media outlets because we have a television ad running. We have a couple of different radio ads. We have newspaper ads, digital media ads. We've had to prove our statements that Labor has legalised abortion up to birth for any reason to all of these media outlets. A number of them are also playing our message that and babies born alive in failed abortions are left to die. And that's also a true fact in Queensland and Labor's also denying that, some Labor people. But we've proven that to media outlets. So they're all playing our advertising. So it's very hard to get stuff approved if it's not true and it is true. So we we have proof. We know it's true. um, But it's uncomfortable for Labor because suddenly people are like, oh, that's just disgusting. And they're like, they want their votes, you know. And so that some of them are now saying they didn't do it or that's not true. A lot of voters, no doubt, are looking for objective views. Mm-hmm. And uh, there'd be some who'd be saying, well, if you're advertising the idea of putting Labor last and Greens second last, that you must be just a subset of the Conservative parties. You must be just part of the LNP. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a little assurance here that there's a certain autonomy to what happens in Cherish Life? 100%. We have a board of what's called a management committee of 16 people and there's a number of different parties represented on that committee and then most of them are probably not part of any political party. Um, I historically have from Labor roots. My late grandfather was the Lord Mayor of Sydney. He was a Labor Lord Mayor. Um, so definitely not LNP of origin. Um, however, we've always been a very pro-life family. And when increasingly over the years we saw um, that Labor had become, you know, in the 80s, it was either the late 70s or 80s, my dad told me, Labor made it part of their policy platform to have fully legal abortion. My dad, who's a medical doctor, is now retired. He actually left the party. He picked up, he was in the middle of a branch meeting. He he walked out in the middle of that branch meeting when the resolution was lost. And it had the Prime Minister at the time, it had the New South Wales Premier at the time in that meeting, and he just walked out. And ever since then, we're like, 
we cannot support this party. And they've got progressively worse. Uh, possibly, I think one of the reasons is uh, the emergence of Greens who have extreme policy on abortion. They want free abortion for everyone. They want abortion up to birth. Anyone who wants an abortion can get an abortion for free. Um, they're strong advocates for euthanasia. And I think also another reason Labor's become so bad is a lot of Christians left the party as some of these policies raise their ugly heads. So, um, yeah, so we're definitely not a front for the LNP. Um, the LNP of the two major parties is much better on the issue of life. It's better to have a promise of something than a promise of more dead babies up until term, you know, more babies aborted. I know there is a number of very good pro-lifers in the LNP, Dr. Mark Robinson, Dr. Christian Rowan, there are a number. Labor only had one MP who voted against this bill, Joanne Miller, God bless her, and she left Parliament in March in tears um, and she said her own party bullied her and some of them hadn't even spoken to her for years since the abortion vote. So she was treated shamefully for standing for life. That's how bad Labor's become in Queensland. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call before we move on any further. Brett is on the line from Western Australia. Hi, Brett, welcome. Hey, guys, how are you going? Good. Brett, what are your thoughts? Oh, it's just a um, uh, an issue. I think that um, you know this euthanasia and abortion issue. Uh, are we actually tackling it from the heart of the problem? I mean, we've been thinking about how we value life, or do we actually value life to the extent that we teach it in our own lives um, within the church circles, especially um, in regards to even um, you know we talk about euthanasia and abortion as. Uh, preventing life from living and having the ability to live. What are we doing with contraceptives? Well, I think you've touched on a very, very significant point here because, yes, there are going to be some causes, and uh, particularly on the abortion situation, and uh, and I've heard this argued too, that uh, issues around promiscuity actually uh, fuel the idea of abortion. So, yes, and these are the sorts of things that's, that Christian positions are still very, very strong on because they are biblical positions and they don't change. But you make a very important point there, Brett. Uh, I'll get a thought or two from Titian. Yeah, I think you've touched on the absolute problem it is the movement away from the Christian gospel. Um, as people don't live in God's ways, um, things happen and they make bad choices because they've already made a series of bad choices. So number one uh, answer for our country is not to roll back abortion laws. It is Jesus. And from that, we will roll, roll back abortion laws, etc. Um, but my role as a lobbyist is to achieve pro-life outcomes. But I couldn't agree more. God is the only answer for our our nation. God is the only answer for our state. I think having uh, very harsh laws like Queensland's very extreme abortion up to birth also changes the dialogue around um, contraception, sex education, etc. in schoolrooms because suddenly abortion used to be under the criminal code but it was widely accessible in Queensland so much so there were 14,000 abortions a year to now, girls, this is your right. This is your right. You can have it up to birth. This is your right in Queensland. So it's completely changed the way we look at it. So... Uh, Basically, the law is an educator. We do need law change, but more than that, we need heart change, and that comes from the gospel. Brett, you raise some really important points there, issues around contraception, issues around, as I mentioned, promiscuity, but those are some foundational issues, and they are big conversations that we might be able to pick up on another day. When we talk about what emboldens a Labor Party, a Labor government, 
uh, to make this what some would say is a rash decision to put the euthanasia issue right firmly on the agenda to say within 100 days of being elected we're going to legalise euthanasia. What would be emboldening a Labor government to do that? Uh, I, earlier on I, I was talking to Greg Bonda from Family Voice Australia and, and uh, we were just discussing this idea that there's internal polling and that somehow or other the internal mechanisms within the Labor Party must be showing that it's a popular thing to talk about this. What are your thoughts, Tishan? Look, I would agree with that. And I think another factor is there's a very powerful assisted suicide or euthanasia lobby up here called um, the Clem Jones Trust, or rather it's funding it. Clem Jones was, uh, many of us would know, a former Lord Mayor of Brisbane. Uh, he was Labor and um, reportedly his wife died in pain. And we're all very sorry for that. That's horrible. That was many years ago now. And he left, he's a wealthy gentleman, and he left $5 million in his will to the Clem Jones Trust purely to get euthanasia legalised in Queensland. So the euthanasia lobby in Queensland has $5 million funding it. In the in the recent months, maybe even a year, um, I've been told by MPs directly that they've been inundated by letters from the euthanasia lobby begging, 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 begging people to make a commitment to euthanasia leading up to this election, begging them to legalise euthanasia. So Labor particularly, I think, has been pummeled by these requests and um, they they probably think they'll get a little bit more support at the polls than what they will. Uh, We know from Victorian elections, both before voluntary assisted dying, which is euthanasia, assisted suicide, was legalised in Victoria and after it, we know it doesn't shift votes. We've done the analysis on the Victorian elections and it doesn't change votes. However, the issue of abortion can swing a seat up to 4%. We have also seen that from years of campaigning. So I think um, I think it'll actually be counterproductive, even though they were emboldened and there was a sense of urgency and they probably think this will help them. I think they've actually done it as a smokescreen. I mean, we've got the highest unemployment rate in Australia. We had that even before COVID, uh, the lowest big business confidence, spiralling debt. I think it's $100 billion now or something out, ridiculously outstanding, um, outrageous, I should say. And I think they've done it as a bit of a smoke screen. It's like, oh, look, we're really humane. Um, a lot of people who are pushing for euthanasia typically are more left-wing anyhow and would typically vote Labor. I think they've possibly done a fatal blow to themselves. So if we're doing a, a critique or we're doing some commentary ahead of an election, uh, you are saying here that uh, that this might even be the sort of smokescreen that a particular side of politics might throw into the mix so that on a conversation like we're having today, we'd be talking about euthanasia and we wouldn't be talking about all of these other issues that governments try to disguise in the lead up to an election. So there's an interesting point on its own that even the the sorts of things that might lead us to have a conversation today could be a part of a manipulative spokescreen that comes from a government who is in power. However, this is, in my mind, and I know for a lot of Christians, uh, if you're talking about priorities for issues to talk about, when we're talking about life and death, killing of the innocent, then this becomes the priority issue. And so there's a certain sense in which uh, the Labor Party may not be seeing this priority the same way that Christians see it. And so uh, very important for us to be talking about it, and I don't regret having this conversation at all today uh, along those lines. But talking about this emboldenment, Mm. when people are lobbying a government, uh, Mm. if they're pro-death, they're going to be coming with all sorts of sad stories. 100%. As you say, uh, when you're talking about Clem Jones, a sad story around his wife. When those lobbyists are 
on the doorsteps of those politicians, they're coming with sad stories. And yeah. sad stories make it a subjective issue and not an objective one. Uh, those sad stories are powerful tools that lobbyists use. 100%. And the media is also right on their side. We're finding we get quite a lot of cut through with abortion with media, but we're finding it very hard as a lobby group to get cut through on euthanasia. So the media laps up these sad stories. They never report on a good death, someone having really good palliative care and dying in complete no pain at all and with their family around them. We never, ever read those stories. And the other question that has to be asked about all these sad stories is, well, and you can't really, it's very hard to ask it, so when did this person pass away? You know, I'm terribly sorry, when did they pass away? And you'll often find that it was a long time ago. And the thing is, medicine advances every single year. There's massive advances. The other thing is, um, in Queensland, there's a really – we have a shortage of two-thirds. We only have a third of the palliative care specialists we should. And that deficit is most felt in the region. So uh, there's a lot of bad stories from the regions because Labor has not invested in palliative care or proper resourcing for our people in the region. So they're dying in pain needlessly because of poor resource allocation. Uh, now, let me play devil's advocate for the Labor Party here because along with the announcement that euthanasia will be uh, legislated uh, before the Queensland Law Reform Commission, uh, the government's also announced $170 million, I think it is, for palliative care, which may be an admission that they hadn't been doing this before, or is that, uh, let's let's bring some balance in here. So if anyone complains about our euthanasia legislation, well, we'll be able to say we've promised to support palliative care. What are your thoughts around that? It's far too little, far too late. So I was talking to the former head of the Queensland chapter of the Australian Medical Association a couple of months ago about adequate funding, and the AMA Queensland want $150 million extra every year. Neil, this was 170 one-off, but it's also split over six years. So it's really a drop in the ocean of what's needed. It's completely disingenuous. And you know what? They've been been in government for six years. So they're happy to leave people suffering for six years. And then right at the end, they're like, oh, we'll give 170 million over six years. It's not even nearly what's needed. And it's actually quite insulting. So the LNP's position, though, I said a little earlier, it seems to be like Deb Frecklington and the LNP, the Liberal National Party, the actual opposition that is challenging for government in Queensland, they seem to be sitting on the fence. Now, this is not good enough either, is it? What are your thoughts for the LNP? Well, I'm very militant on pro-life and I think people like strong people and we want a party. We want a point of difference. Most definitely, Cherish Life would like more militancy, 100% from the LNP. Um, I do think it can be a difficult issue to debate in the media because uh, a lot of people confuse what is palliative care and what is euthanasia. For example, is switching off a machine when someone's life is terminal and they're clearly uh, demise, they're, they're clearly gone except for the machine. Is that palliative care or is that euthanasia? Some people think that's euthanasia, but it's actually within the realm of palliative care. So some there's a little... The community is not trained particularly well. So I think possibly um, they were trying to dodge it so they don't lose votes over it. So I think that's what they're doing politically. But uh, the party line on euthanasia is they're meant to be opposed to it. That is the policy position of the LNP on euthanasia. There would be people within the LNP who support it, but there would be a lot less than what there is in Labor, I would dare say. 
Uh, so the idea of uh, saying we'll review what Labor does, mm. uh, that might indicate that if there are some substantial issues within the LNP that says they're typically pro-life, that they may be using the whole idea of a review or fence-sitting so that they're not offending anyone who might be thinking about changing sides. But I'm with you on that. I think I'd like to see more militancy coming from the LNP. Hey, let's talk some more about this whole idea of uh, what is emboldening a left Labor government to actually say this is on our platform, we're going to legislate this before even the official review of it happens in the Queensland Law Reform Commission. This idea of being emboldened, now this is global because there is at this time the US presidential campaign going and and this would be the Democrat side, the left side and there's all sorts of you know poll results showing that Joe Biden in the US is way, way ahead of Donald Trump. Donald Trump who takes a pro-life approach, Joe Biden who's on the pro-choice approach. Uh, give us some thoughts here about, uh, about what might be emboldening people like Anastasia Palaszczuk with this sort of thing, Titian? Yeah, I think it's polls and I think it's bad people, uh, bad, you know, very, sorry, anti-life and anti-God people around here. I think it's the Greens. Uh, we've seen that the Greens' uh, primary vote in polling is 2% higher than what it was last election, the 2017 Queensland elections, and that could well translate to a few more seats for the Greens. And, I, and Greens are hugely militant for euthanasia, probably our, one of the biggest advocates for euthanasia in the Queensland government. There's only one Green MP and that's him. And then we've got an independent which basically votes Green every single time. So they're the two biggest advocates for euthanasia. So I think they think they have to be like the Greens in ideology to pick up votes. They would have done internal polling, as you said. And I think also there's been a tremendous amount of pressure from the suicide lobby, the Clem Jones Trust, who's funding it, as I said. And there's another thing, um, the ETU, the Electrical Trade Unions, um, their former uh, secretary or the, the head fellow there called Peter Simpson, he came out a few months ago and he was pushing the the government very strongly to legalise euthanasia. And he's now passed away, um, which is very sad, but he that's a whole union who's now pushing it. Even though the electrical trade union has nothing to do with health, they're not trained health professionals, they're not doctors, and as I said, most doctors are opposed to euthanasia of any kind. Um, they've been pushing very strongly. So when the unions, the unions basically appoint the Premier, the unions basically appoint pre, uh, the Cabinet. So when the unions want something because that's where Labor's money comes from predominantly, they usually get what they want. So I think it's really been driven by the unions as well. Okay, just back onto the Greens for a moment. As you say, they are even more left-wing than the Labor Party and uh, and tend to draw Labor all the more left uh, with some level of uh, enjoyment from winning an extra seat or two in the ACT at the recent ACT election. Uh, the uh, Greens leader, Adam Bant, he's... He's preparing for uh, Greens to hold the balance of power in a hung parliament in Queensland. So uh, the Green vote, as you say, seems to be on the rise right now. And they're even more destructive when it comes to these issues than the ALP. 100% Neil. Um, the Greens, for example, they want all... Firstly, they have a they have a petition running at the moment. Queensland Greens, they want to quote-unquote nationalise all Christian and private hospitals nationalized means make public because all hospitals in Queensland should be in the private hand in sorry in the public's hands and then they another petition another um sorry not a petition on their policy on their values they actually have that they want all abortions for free 
And the Greens MP, Michael Berkman here in Queensland, he got up when he was supporting Labor's bill, basically said, I fully support this. I absolutely support it. I've always been of the opinion abortion should be safe, legal and free. So we would have to, at the moment, um, before decriminalisation, only about 2 to 3% of abortions were performed at public hospitals. He wants 100% of abortions to be provided at public hospitals all public hospitals, first of all, all hospitals made public, and then all public hospitals have to have a facility to perform abortions. So that suddenly means the Martyr Hospital up here in Brisbane, a great Catholic hospital, would be forced to become nationalised, i.e. made public, and then have to do abortions. And also in terms of absolute disaster ethically, but also financially, we go from paying for 2 to 3% of abortions to all of them. I mean, there is a small, there's a Medicare rebate that we pay federally, but it's bad on every level. They're just shocking on every level. And then euthanasia, they're really driving euthanasia, as I said. Well, there is so much to talk about and uh, love to unpack some more in the comments you just made, Tishan, but we've run out of time today. I do want to point people to your website. Now, the reason being because you're quite militant and political right now because you've got an election that is on the horizon just over a week away, Queenslanders will go to the polls. And uh, you are militant. I think there'll be listeners who are watching the news tonight. And uh, and uh, if there's some more substance, and you were waiting on some video footage, and that would make all the difference. Yeah. Uh, the alleged attack of an, a Labor MP on some of your volunteers, uh, listeners will be looking at the news to see if there is some, uh, because I think that would be certainly a national story. And the idea that people are throwing stones at your volunteers who are driving around with uh, some billboards on the side of trucks uh, that uh, are displaying these sorts of signs that are pro-life. Tishan Johnson, our guest, the website address to connect with Cherish Life, cherishlife.org.au, cherishlife.org.au. Tishan Johnson, Executive Director, Cherish Life in Queensland. Thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.